Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. And welcome back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the defense with the man the people want to hear from, Mr. Vance Bedford, former Michigan defensive backs coach two times over, coach the great Charles Woodson here at the University of Michigan, but also defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, D.C. at Louisville, D.C. at Texas. I mean, you want to know something about defense? You can talk to our man Vance, and you can get a little flavor to it, like you like you say, Vance. You throw some sweet baby rays on it, right? I'm trying to tell you some uh, some Pasco pee from Texas. Let's go put some hot sauce in there too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, hey Vance. Yo, what years did you play at Texas? Uh, my first year was 70, 1977, and Earl Campbell was a senior. Okay. You're talking about a real running back. He was a real you deal. Earl Campbell, Vance. In practice? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, one of his thighs was the size of my waist. My waist was 32. His thighs were 34. Uh, no, nah, nah, I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> hey, I'm going, hey, I'm honest. I'm honest about that. Did you play against Billy Sims? Billy Sims, uh, Overstreet, Greg Pruitt, Eric Dickinson, Craig James. Man, back, back in the Southwest Conference, we played some big-time backs back then. Okay. Curtis Dickey, I mean, a bunch of first-round picks. Okay. All right. Well, Vance, uh, let's fast forward to the here and now and talk about this Michigan defense in their effort against the Indiana Hoosiers. So uh, it was the tale of two halves as, you know, they came out. Tempo really was was giving Indiana some traction. It was a tie game at halftime. Indiana was doing some some things that gave them a chance for some positive plays, chances they took advantage of. And then you also had the very unfortunate circumstance with Mike Hart, you know, having the uh, the medical emergency during the game, Vance. I don't know if you've ever had an in-game, in-game circumstance like that with a with a player who fell seriously ill like that or, or a coach, but it really seemed like to me for the team, it, especially on offense, but probably for the team as a whole, it took a minute to get their bearings after seeing that happen at the end of the first quarter. It, it really did. If you have a coach and a coach, I think he's well-respected and well-liked by the players, that, that's going to affect you. I'm listening to the the people on uh, talk about it. Say a couple of players, running backs were crying. They were upset. That means that he has a very special relationship with them. A lot of times, you know, coaches don't get as close. A guy like Mike Hart, the way he was as a player, I mean, very enthusiastic, he coaches the same way he played. So the players are very close to him. And to see that happen, that's going to affect you for a while. That's going to kind of – it's like taking a punch in the stomach. And that's what I, I felt like for about a series or two, Michigan played that way. And it took, took him a while to get past that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the, the first half. Let's dive into the first half. Tempo, Vance. I mean, it, you got tempo and then you got what Indiana does. That Hey, man, that, that's, that was tempo on another level. I mean, they <laughs> – there's like no break between plays with them. Well, you know, the first quarter was really kind of, it was, we were in disarray. I mean, they were going fast. Uh, they're giving us different kind of formations. They're motioning guys. 
And you think you can practice on that? How you practice against that? You need to be going against two huddles, so you can rotate them in real fast. That's how you try to prepare for it. But then you get in the game; it's even faster. And they giving you different formations, things you probably have not seen. You have to be able to adjust real fast on the fly. And that was the first quarter, and it felt like watching the game that defensively he's tried to simplify some calls. The players are a little rattled, so he backed off on certain calls trying to simplify it so the guys can get aligned and play fast. And it took us a quarter and a half before they started to settle down and we started making more plays. So was there any, you know, outside the disarray part of it obviously contributes to Indiana's success, but was there a particular play or a particular a position that you sort of felt like they were going at the most as they were having some success in that, in the first half of the game? Well, I thought it was about getting the line. So they tried to outflank us by sometimes having unbalanced uh, lines, having four receivers to one side. A couple of times we didn't adjust. In the second half, we did adjust. And the biggest thing for them was it's called RPOs, run pass options. So they run in the inside zone with a bubble. And when they double up both our inside down guys, we had a tough time at times getting off of blocks and standing our crease. But at the same time, if we loaded the box, they threw the bubble. We walked guys out, they ran the ball inside. So in the first half, we were a little bit off balance. In the second half, we made some adjustments. We took certain things away, and we were a lot better at that particular time. All right. So, listen, uh, you know, there were some also some recurring themes, like, there was one point in the game where they scored a, a, a touchdown on the wheel. And I said, I already know what Vance is going to say. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't even have to, like, I wasn't talking to you on the phone. I wasn't texting with you. I said, the Vance is going to say, read your keys, son. Yes. Read your keys. Use your eyes, son. I knew, I knew it was coming, Vance. And that's exactly, that's exactly what you've been saying. It, it is. I mean, it, it, Sam was like this. It's like you, you walking down the street, and when you're 18 years old, you see a pretty young lady walk across the street, and you walk out there and get hit by a car because you're not paying attention. So I'm going to go back to the Iowa game. Iowa had a two-back set formation. I call it power pass in the red zone, tight end run the post, the back runs a wheel route to the flat. Well, we come into this game here. We're in the red zone. In the red zone, Michigan plays a lot of man-to-man, or they play combination man. So again, you got a tight end, you got a back off set. It's a one back set. They run a post pattern. They're trying to pick the linebacker and run a wheel route for a touchdown. Well, it starts with two things. Number one, the linebacker is a lineman. He's out flank. The running back is in the B gap. The linebacker is a lineman in the A gap. So let's say you and I saying we're just playing tag outside. And I had a 10 yard start on you. You think you're going to catch me, Sam? Like, a, no way. No way possible. Well, they put this guy in that kind of position. So he's outflanked already. He's going to get slightly picked by the tight end. He has no chance. In the second half now, Sam, I saw an adjustment where now the linebacker playing man-to-man played a little bit wider. He's in a better position to make a play. So, again, that's an adjustment or a correction that we made in the second half that got us in the first half for a touchdown. Now they seem to run the football for about the first the first half, maybe maybe into the first couple plays of the second half. They seem to have a little bit of success running the football. What did you think that was about? Was that about tempo? Was that about not getting a line? What did you see there? It, it wasn't about tempo, Sam. It was about again they when you run an inside zone, okay, 
they double both of our down guys. So to stop that, our down guys, and you get that, it's, they call it a scoop block. You got to make sure you play heavy on the guy, the first guy trying to scoop you, and you're trying to split it. And it keeps them from climbing to the linebacker. What's happening right now is that they're scooping us, so now the guy that's inside, he punches a down guy, and the backside guy gets him, and they climb to the linebacker, and we get blocked. So it's on the down guys. We got to do a better job of right now of holding on to that down guy so they can't get the linebacker. We can stop that play. And this week versus Penn State, we will see that play. And we do need to do a better job with our down guys making that stop. You know how we do that? Move the front. Move the front, do some different things that will give us a chance to have success. When you stay stationary, when I was at Michigan back in the night, as Bo Schimbecker made this comment, he said, Vance, anytime – you got a 300-pound guy getting blocked by two 600-pound guys. You can't do that to that kid. You got to move them. You got to move them to the left. You got to move them to the right. And sometimes go vertical. So now they just can't 600 pounds on 300 pounds. That's a major disadvantage. We got to go back to moving our front again. We got away from that, and they took advantage of that. That's how you're going to stop that play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, the pass rush. Totally, now, I love it. Uh, again, listen, I, I understand how people say oh, Hawaii, you know, say Indiana, but, you know, Michigan put up sack numbers against them that the other schools have seven sacks. The D-line coach got fired. The O-line coach got fired after this game. Now, it really got bad in the second half, Vance. And I, I'm curious, as you sort of compared the – so let, let's talk about halftime adjustments. What were all the halftime adjustments – that you saw, and then let's lean into why were they able to get more pressure in the second half than they did the first half? They calmed down, and they got aligned with all the different formations. They started counting the three. So if I got a guy out here, I walk out to cover my guy. They started off in a two-back, seven, three wide receivers. They motioned got to the backfield. So they went to cover one so the linebackers did not have to move. In the first half, the linebackers had to adjust out. So we kept the linebackers intact. We loaded the box. So that was one adjustment. The next thing is they won on first down. Anytime you go against an up-tempo offense, if you went on first down, what I mean by that, it's second down and nine, second down and eight. Now that slows them down because they don't want to be in third and nine. They now got to think we got to get to a third down and medium. So they won on first down when the first half, they weren't winning on first down. It was second down and five, second down and six. So now they can keep going fast. So that was another thing that helped us out was when it on first down, playing a little bit, little bit more man adjusting, and he started blitzing off the edge like he's been doing in previous games. So the adjustment phase was great, and when they on first down helped out quite a bit. It slowed them down. Yeah, man, and you you saw guys really – it was a sack party. Everyone was getting in on the on the act. So I guess the question for, for you, Vance, is how, how much – of a believer are you because you early a couple games ago you said okay I'm, I'm buying this secondary you still have questions about the about the pass rush what we have seen develop maybe over the last three or so games is I think that number 90 Mike Morris is the best player on defense I, I think that that guy has shown up as a dude that is can play the run he can play with his hand in the dirt or standing up and when you ask him to pin his ears back so far, he's been the most consistent guy as at, at doing it. Are you buying Mike Morris as the best player on Michigan's defense? 
close. I need to see one more game. I, I, right now, if I had to look at the guy's play, I mean, he's making some individual plays that stand out. Getting a quarterback sack, number 90 is that. And your nickelback, number zero. Mm-hmm. Little, little Mike, I'm going to call him Little Mike. <laughs> little Mike been balling out too. So I think those two guys are standing out. Now, you know, I look at the secondary. I look at, uh, I think his name is Jalen Green, number 22. Jamon, Jamon. Javon Green, I'm sorry. He's done a good job for me. Uh, uh, Turner's come along quite a bit too. Now, when I, I'm i looking down, I'm looking at Penn State. I'm looking at Ohio State right now. I think we're going to be able to get pass rushing on those guys I do. I'm going to go back now to the secondary. If I am a secondary guy or an analyst for Michigan right now, I'm talking to my corners about how they play. I don't like getting in foot, foot races. They're getting the little wide split, the receivers are, and we're giving them free releases. They hit us this past game for a 32-yard completion on Turner down the sideline because he just opened the gate and let them go. And it's one, two, three, throw the football. And I think that Ohio State's receivers are better than what we saw this past weekend. So I'm, I'm going to clean up that number one. Because if I can buy time for my front to get there, boy, you got some dogs up front right now, Sam. Them yeah, boys man. can go. Them boys can go. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And then we just got to clean up a few things. And remember the first couple of games, I talked a lot about the disguise of the secondary and the linebackers. we gotten away from that. The quarterback now is getting a good read on what we're doing but how we're playing. When we're playing man-to-man, we heavy press with heavy inside technique. We play zone, they starting to back off. We're starting to show some tendencies. The safeties, by their alignment, showing certain tendencies. So the first couple of ball games, the disguises are really good. Right now, we've kind of gotten away from that. Up-tempo will make you get out of the skies. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to the Iowa game. We start showing some things by alignment. So we need to get back to those type of details. Yeah, so – one of the keys to improving the pass rush, you said you want to see more number 18, right? And they, they, they have gradually upped his reps, right? And I said at the Iowa game, he was in at the end of the Iowa game. I know you coaches, a lot of y'all, my guys, you put the guys you put in at the end of the game, those, those the guys, those are the guys, those are the ones you want to, you go, let's ride. That's what you riding with, right? And so they're riding with Iyabi Oki more. But here's the thing, Vance, I mean, you, Hey, guy makes a mistake, you call it out. So that wheel route that we just talked about, mm-hmm. right? Where you said I discipline on the linebacker. Number 18 is your defensive end on that play. He got caught watching the dive on that play. Yes, he did. Right? So, so now you got to let him make mistakes like that, though. He gave up a touchdown. You got to let him make up mistakes like that, though, Vance, because at the end of the game. Look at what he's able to do. Let him play through his mistakes, coach. And well, it's, it's like that, Sam. It's like this. You know, when guys got to think about what they got to do, so they put some tape on their hand and, and write stuff on there. So now if I'm a defensive end, I put three technique. I'm a quarterback player. Shade technique. I'm a dive player. So I'm a, that's what I'm doing right there, Sam. So I look down there. Well, he in the B gap. I got quarterback. He in the A gap. I got dive. Man, <laughs> okay, man. man. I'm not saying I'm not saying mistakes are okay, but what I'm saying is he gave 18 was was party to giving up a touchdown early in the game, right? Part of that is on him. Make no mistake about it. But what I'm saying is let him play through that, which they did. Yes, they did. He's not gonna make that mistake over and over again. You hope 
Because if he stays on the field, now look at what you get at the end of the game. You get that that pass rush, and then they line him up on the same side as, as number 90, Mike Morris. Like you said, you give him a run and start at the guard, and boom, havoc is wreaked. Yeah, he's going to play. If you Let's say you got 60 players in the game. He's going to get at least 30. And you're right, I'm going to live with it because he's going to make more plays than when he gives up. And one thing I, I like what they did this week compared to last week, you know, last week they had them in 90 Mars walking around on third down. This week they had them them 18 as a walking around guy. So now a lot of times when you get that type of three-man front with guys walking around, you say, well, you count that guy as a defensive lineman. But now all of a sudden instead of them in 90 being a linebacker walking around, He's on the line of scrimmage. So now you got to count somebody else. So I'm teaching my offensive line this week. Hey, 90, when they go to a three-man line, he's playing linebacker. We're going to slide the protection that way. But all of a sudden, he on the line of scrimmage. And you got the other guy walking around. Mm-hmm. So this defensive scheme is giving people problems. And I like what I'm seeing. So for this game versus Ohio State, I mean, not Ohio State, but Penn State, they don't want to be in third down at long. Mm-hmm. They really don't because we, we can go get somebody. Third down and seven plus, you got a problem. You got a problem. I'm telling you, the guy that I'm looking out for, I'm telling you, you watch number eight, Derek Moore. You get that young fella more snaps. He got a sack in this game, too. The more snaps he gets, I think that young fella, I think he has the most potential. When you talk about size and speed, the combination of he's not the fastest guy, he's not the biggest guy in the room, but I think he he maybe has the best combination of the two on the roster. He just happens to be a freshman, so a lot for him still to learn. But but are you buying? Where are you on the pass rush? You told me a couple of games ago, Vance, that you, all right, you confident these guys can cover. You're confident in them in the secondary. Are you, where are you with this pass rush? It sounds like you're saying you're buying the pass rush. They're going to be able to get rush on. Uh, I'm sort of buying to it right now. I, I really am. Each week they've gotten better. And that's what you have to do. Each week, everybody has to get better. 18 is starting to play more. He can do some things. He has great get-off on the ball. So he uses his speed. And then when he gets the offensive line turning, he turns into power. So he plays with great leverage. 90 is a strong guy. He plays with great leverage. He's quicker than what you think he is. So those two guys right now, they won't give you pass rush. I like what I'm seeing with those two guys. And I'm buying it right now. I really am. And they're going to continue to get better. We need to find one more guy, though. You need one guy on inside that can give us push. Because you don't have push inside. The guys on the outside, you can block those guys. You need a guy to push in the middle so the quarterback can't step up. And now we're going to get more sacks. That's number 58. I know. Look, I know he had some, some plays. He got stood up in this game, Vance. He was tired is what you told me. <laughs> you you said he was tired, right? Vance, I said, I said listen, the dude, so Mozzie, if, if Mozzie is getting stood up, He's tired. If Mozzie's playing high, it he winded, winded. Yeah, he's tired. That's what that's what that means. There's no excuse. I'm not making this. Winded is a synonym for tired. (laughs) And he must have come out at halftime, didn't get enough Gatorade at halftime because they ran inside zone. I think the second play of the third quarter, he was tired. Well, here's what I know about about Big Mozzie. He got he got ticked off in the game, and you saw him make some plays. So whether you said he got he saw some hamburgers last week, Ooh, so last week get ticked off and show up some hamburgers, he'd be all right, man. How about I, that? I hope so. Be like the hamburger on Popeyes. People don't know who that is. They go 
A hamburger today, give me three of them tomorrow. That's what he needs. <laughs> he gonna be, he's gonna be all right. I think he'll give you some push. I think number fifty-five will give you some push. Sounds like you're buying the perimeter. You buying the coverage. You buying the pass rush. Where are you on? Because one of the things you talked about a lot last year, Vance, was linebackers in coverage. And, and no, you you talked about linebackers in general. You said fitting the run run fits. And in coverage, you talked about him in both facets. Not as much. You haven't singled that out as much over the course of this young season. But it sounds like I've talked, heard you talk about that more and more over the last couple of games. You know, we've been a lot better. We really have compared to last year. This time, the linebackers and zone coverage has played a lot better. The issue we're running into right now is just man to man and I discipline in alignment. I mean, I went for a touchdown in the red zone, tight end in back in the back. This past week, the same thing. So I think once we get that cleaned up, the linebackers are playing a lot better this year than last year. They're showing more awareness, but they're also older and more mature. So I, I like what I'm seeing right now. And don't be surprised if you see a bunch of wheel routes by Penn State this week to make sure what the linebackers are doing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to give us some RPOs. So, again, look for them to work into the boundary, the zone replay into the boundary with the RPO, whether it be a slant or a fade, trying to see if can't work on my board tournament. I mean, they're going to go after him this week now. So a couple games ago, Maryland went after number 22. You think Penn State's going to go after number five? I'm looking at this past game. That's what I'm going after. I'm going to go after him right now. First play of the game, I might go after him. If I see him walking up, playing bump and run, it's called check with me. I'm going to check his whole card right now because if he's going to just give me a free release, I'm going to take my chance because you can get a P.I. or completion. I'm taking my chance. I mean, so, again, I'm going back to as – as a position coach, I don't get that cleaned up. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, so it's going to be a challenge. I mean, uh, Jamon, 22, he saw them coming in. He was up to that challenge. So you're saying, and someone else, Travis Foster, said, I thought Indiana picked on DJ Turner a lot. Is that because Green was lights out? Did they see what Maryland tried to do to Jamon, and it didn't work? So they said, hey, let's go the other way and see what we can do over there. You think there's something to that? It's to the short side of the field. The easiest throw is to the short side of the field. A lot of times this past game, Turner was into the boundary. So that's the shortest throw for the fade route. And he kept he kept walking up pressing. So when you press a guy, that's saying right now is man to man, check with me. And this in today's game of football, the officials love to throw a flag. And I always tell the guys this if you're in a foot race, you lose him. If you're even, they leave him. He's even a lot. He's gonna get himself in trouble. So if I am this position coach, I'm showing this video. If they give me an oversplit, I'm not gonna press you. You want to throw a slant on tackle a slant, but I'm not going to let you take advantage of my technique. So you need to correct some of the things that he's doing. If not, it could catch up to us a little bit later. Uh, you know, he he's he. I think they say he's the fastest guy on the team. Like he's a he's a legit four four guy. So I know you don't like foot races, Vance, but I it, it seems to me that's sort of playing into how he's playing out there. Okay, when you when we play the guy from Penn State. He might be 4-4-2. Okay, and you give me a free release, okay. I'm looking this way. He's in the blocks. That guy's fast out of the blocks, and you're trying to turn and run. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it bump and run. You're supposed to do what, Sam? Bump. Yeah. Well, he's stepping out of the way. So when you step out of the way, you are half, a half a step behind. So if a quarterback throws you, throws you the ball and leads you, that's called a completion. He gave up one for 39 the other day now. In a foot race, I don't, 
I'm a DB coach. I don't like foot races. I used to tell my guy all the time, you want to get in a foot race, you're going to be on the sideline drinking Gatorade. Okay, I said, I like great. Do you like great? We're going to have great together on the sideline. It's not that complicated, Sam. Oh, I thought you was going to tell him to go run track. I thought that's nah, what If you're in a foot race, I mean, you can't run track. It's too slow already. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in foot races. That, that's for the track. We're playing football right now. Let's stay on top. All right. So I got this question, and I think you sort of answered this one already. It says, are we in trouble with our pass rush not being what it was with our defense last year? They show up at times when we need it but not so much in early quarters. Is this going to bite us late in the season? And just worthy of note, last year at this time, the defense had 14 sacks through six games. Uh, this year at this time, obviously through six games, they have 22 sacks, man. It's now, you got to adjust it for who they played, right? So that, that does make a difference. But, but Sam, they've gotten better each week. You know, no, let's go back to last year. I, and people probably forgotten this. I said earlier in the year, can we get pressure on the quarterback rushing four? Because at that time, Hutchinson and Ajabo, they weren't giving us great pressure in the first couple of ball games last year. I mean, you just you just gave us a stat. They had 14 sacks last year. We got what 22 right now. We didn't get great pressure early on. As the season went on, both those guys started showing up. And all of a sudden, Aiden started getting a bunch of sacks, or Jabo did. It happened once they got into conference play. Right now, we started conference play against Iowa and against this past week. We got started getting sacks. Now we're going to go against Penn State, Penn State College. If we still play the same way, we're good for four or five sacks in that ball game and a couple of interceptions, what I'm looking at right now. This quarterback will throw us the ball. Sam, can we catch the football when they throw it to us? If they do, we will win this game by two touchdowns. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, here's what I say. You know, James Franklin has a penchant for getting the brakes beat off of him in Ann Arbor. I mean, that has been that has been uh, something that we've seen on a couple occasions here. We can hope that history repeats itself. Uh, if you have questions for Vance, get them in right here, right now. And I'll try to get in as many as I can in the time we have left. Uh, to the people picking up on your question on your commentary on the linebackers, do you think the linebackers being picked on in coverage is because of scheme or because of the linebackers themselves? What do you see there, man? I think it's alignment. I, I think one is when you have a guy that's wide and I'm playing man to man, as a linebacker, he needs a line wider. For example, in the video study, the back is aligned in a B gap. The linebacker's in the A-gap. He's already outflanked. So when they go to the flat, it's a foot race. He's already behind by a yard. And that's happened to us versus 
I wouldn't have much to it this past week. So in the second half, it looked like we adjusted our alignment to not line back to the line a little bit wider. It would take that away. So, so it's about alignment. That's all it is. Well, here's the thing, Vance. This will be the best running back. This this young fella, Nick Singleton, is the real deal, man. This this will be the best back they faced, right? And it'll be the best back they see until they see Trevion Henderson from Ohio State at the end of the season. He is legit. So, you know, if you're talking about running backs and coverage and eye discipline, they had a kind of horse that could take advantage of that kind of thing. Well, I'm hoping, like, going back to we're talking about maybe just one defense. The thing about what we do, we do a lot of different things. We are more of a zone pressure team. We do some man pressure that keeps you off balance. So there's a way to take pressure off of our linebackers. But, again, when we do play man-to-man, if I am a linebacker, your pass responsibility take precedence over your run gap. Your running back will take you to your gap. So, therefore, your eye discipline must be on your running back. One time the back went to the flat, the linebacker stepped up. He's looking at the quarterback. He should track the hip of the back. So if he's watching the hip of the back, if the back is wide, I'm wide. If the back is inside, I'm inside. That's all you have to do. That'll help you out quite a bit. So details of the game, we get that cleaned up, we'll be okay. Yeah, it makes me think of that that wheel route, you know, that we just talked about, Yabi getting caught inside looking at the dive, right? He got caught mm-hmm. inside looking at the dive. Uh, mistake, that was a mistake for him. But the linebacker, and it, it makes me think about it, you, you just said pass responsibilities take it take precedent yes. over over your run responsibility. So he lined up in the, he had a gap responsibilities. He lined up in a gap. He got outflanked. Yeah, but, but next he, time, next time he had that fix, he lined up in the B gap. Yeah, and hopefully he remembers that. Sometimes you know, young people have amnesia. The next day is brand new. They forgot what happened the day before. I mean, and then on his medications, all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, here's the thing. They got it right. They got it they right. Got it right in the second half. Got it right in the second half, and it made sense. I mean, like you said, you know, he lined up in the B gap. He, you can flow. You can, you can catch run in the A gap. You lined up. You should. You got a defensive lineman in front of you that that will allow should allow you to do that. That's right? exactly right. Yeah, man. Hopefully, we don't see that mistake again. We've seen it two weeks in a row, three times. I mean, somebody. You got to sit in my office. We got to talk about this. Speaking of talking about something, so Antoine Johnson asks, says, ask Vance, what's up with the eye discipline of the linebackers? Are there any drills or exercises they can do because they seem lost? It's either that or they don't know their assignment. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, the biggest thing is focus. It's just a detail. I mean, based on what they're doing scheme-wise, you got if I'm playing man-to-man, then my back is taking me with my responsibility. What's happening right now, these guys are watching the quarterback. When you watch the quarterback, you're going to be a step late. Understand the quarterback is lying to you every single time. So based on how your linebacker coach is teaching, they said we, we key in guard to the back. Some guys say I'm keying back to the guard. They're saying the same thing, just semantics. But the biggest thing is your focus. You have young guys looking at the wrong thing and getting them in trouble. So hopefully they're doing enough video study and making corrections, saying your lineman needs to be here. Look at him. He is going to take you to the football every single time. And you work that in practice, and hopefully that cleans that up. We're going to see that problem in the rest of the year. Yeah, this question comes from Noah. Who do you guys think is our best D lineman with the best upside? I I don't think that's the same guy. I think the best D lineman is also the best player on the defense right now. I think that's my 
Yeah, yeah it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. It's he can he can play the run. He also can rush the pass. So they drop him a little bit. He's by far your best player up front. Yeah. It's not even close. Now the best upside to me is either number eighteen Iyabi Yoki or number eight Derek Moore. You know it, it it's tough because you know Iyabi has the probably the the best first step, the best straight line speed of anybody that they have up front. But he's already a four year college player, whereas Derek Moore, who is not quite as fast as Iyabi and not as big as number ninety, but like I said earlier. I think he has the best combination that they have up front of size and speed. And he's only a freshman and we've seen flashes so far. I think when all is said and done, there's a good chance that Derek Moore will, will wind up being the best defensive lineman from this class. He won't be the best defensive lineman this year, but when we look back, you know, five years from now and say, who was the best defensive lineman from that 22 Michigan football team? I wouldn't be surprised if we wind up saying it's number eight, man. He needs to play more than Sam. For a guy like that, you just in a game. Look, my D-line coach has always did. So he's going to go into the third series no matter what happens, no matter what the ball is, where the ball is. And so you forcing yourself to play that guy to get him ready for the long haul. See, right now, you're getting ready for the last three or four games of the year. When you start playing young guys right now, you're thinking about them because big guys get beat up. Mm-hmm. So to, to keep him from just getting beaten up every single week, you rotate those guys in there because the last three or four games of the year, he might be playing ten snaps right now. We're gonna need him for twenty twenty five snaps. And so I'm not. Th- I'm thinking I gotta win right now. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also looking down at down the line. What I gotta do to win this game down the line too? I'm gonna need him to give me twenty snaps back back then. So it's time for him to play more if he's that talented of a guy. Yeah, he he made back to back plays in that Indiana game. Got a sack. He he's I think he's a dude. So this is right up in your wheelhouse, fans. Compare the two defenses. The defense under my under they're very closely tied. The two dudes are tight friends, coached together in Baltimore. Uh, Jesse Minter came in and picked up a Mike McDonald scheme and tweaked it. But can you? I mean, what what are what are this, the the biggest differences between approach this year and approach that last year defensively? Coverage. I think we're doing more things coverage-wise, more things disguise-wise. Uh, I think our linebackers are playing better in coverage. You know, I look in the red zone. We're playing a combination of coverage. I didn't see that last year. Maybe I missed it, but it's been very su- uh, successful for us. Also, I seen it on third down. You know, last week, I mean, it took away some plays. We were able to double guys. I didn't see that last year. So as far as pressures, they pretty much the same. We're doing some of the same things. But the coverage. I think we're doing more things coverage-wise. And I think because of that, we've having more success. Gotcha. All right, so this is another one right in your wheelhouse, fans, from Darren Jacobs. So do you think this team is capable of beating Ohio State in Columbus? Let me just add that to it. We're going to play better in Columbus than we play at home. Because anytime you're on the road and everybody's hating you, you know how you quiet them down? You go and hit their opponent in the mouth. And when you can't hear a sound in that place, that means they're cheering for you. So, yeah, we, we can beat them. I mean, if we stop the run, because we've given up the inside zone a couple of times this year, we can stop that running back and force them to throw the ball. When we want them to throw the ball, we're not going to rush the passer. Yeah, we can beat them. And then, remember, it's a team sport. Our offense is getting better each week. 
They're doing a few more things. They're moving the ball better. We're throwing the ball around better. And I'm on Twitter. I'm looking at some fan talking about, well, we're going to throw the ball deep. I, I got to digress a little bit. I can't miss that saying, well, we ain't throwing the ball deep. You know why we weren't throwing the ball deep? Because they playing cover two numb nuts. That's why they couldn't throw the ball deep. They took away the deep throws. I mean, help me out, Sam. I mean, really? I mean, some of the comments I've seen, I'm like, man, so somebody just shoot me in my foot. Hey, man. We're throwing check down. I mean, what? Listen. Here, here's what I know, Vance. Twitter is not the foxhole. It's a whole bunch of people on Twitter you would want to be in the foxhole with because they panic the first side uh -oh. of trouble and see trouble when it's not there. Because let me tell you something. J.J. McCarthy, we've been through the film. J.J. McCarthy played an outstanding game. And there was some shot. So a lot of it is shaped by the commentary. You remember the play where he throws the ball, Vance, and the, and the ball sort of bounces and no one's around. Like mm -hmm. it, it, and they was like, "Well, who was he throwing the ball to? Right? Where? Where is it going?" And the commentator said, "Oh, see, if he he's gonna look at the film and he's gonna see that he just had the three step drop, hit his guy that's on a turn in here for a quick first down, and he just overthrew him. That ain't what happened, Vance. That's not that's not what happened. What happened on the play was imagine just looking down your screen right now, right? And you got hashes on the both sides." Uh, of the middle of your screen. The safety was on the on the, on the the other side of the right hash. He had a one-on-one -on -one matchup with Ronnie Bell on the other side, with a corner on the other side of the left hash. One-on-one yeah. -on -one matchup. He drops back. He sees that. He licking his chops. That safety can't get over the top. Yeah. I'm going for the shot. His arm, it was a bust up front. His arm got hit on the play. That would have been one of the shots people looking for, right? Another one would have been when he had his his receiver running on a running on an over running toward the sideline wide open, Vance. He, if he catches that ball clean, it's a ninety yard touchdown. Yeah. What are we talking about? If those two plays happened, two plays that were there, one was one was a drop, one was a bust up front on the offensive line, and even with that, you had a quarterback go out and throw for three hundred yards, and, and what three touchdowns? Like, come on, man. What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? There's always somebody that want to find something bad. It's like I call them fence straddlers. They're on the fence. Whichever way the wind blows, that's how they blow. I mean, I just like sometimes it just drives me nuts. It's like these analysts. Well, the, the analyst said you should go for two. The analyst hadn't coached one single down. You tell that analyst, get out there, put that helmet on, then go for two. It drives me. They're getting coaches fired left and right. Give me a break. They, you know what? They after the fact, after the fact, they have all the answers. Give me a break. Come on now. Hey, man. Listen, man. This is, it's crazy. I got a better appreciation for it now, talking to, talking to you, talking to Al, especially about how drastically the commentary or the perception of games can be shaped by what the commentators say. Because, man, I'll say it again. J.J. McCarthy is out there. He, he is realizing more of the offense at this point in the season. This is not an overstatement. He is realizing more aspects of the passing game at the halfway point of the season than you did in game 12 of last season. That's not to disparage or denigrate a Big Ten championship passing game that he was a part of. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, what are we comparing him to? Are, are we comparing him to what we think he's going to be down the line, this national championship quarterback? Let him grow into that. Let's just compare him to what they had last year as a quarterback dynamic with both Cade and J.J. 
I think that they're realizing more of their passing game through six games now with him than they could in 12 games last year. Compare him to that. Watch him out there on the field directing traffic, you know, waving senior receivers out to get their motion right, waving senior receivers in to make sure they block the backside of a duo. This dude is out there making veteran, you know, veteran decisions, man. I mean, people need to see. Some of these people complain they probably just had their car towed, so they mad. That's what they complained. They, told, they parked in a no-parking zone, and they got caught, and they got their car towed, so they mad, mad they want to complain about somebody. What are we talking about? Hey man, listen. You you said it earlier in the show. Coaches getting paid. Hey man, Mel Tucker getting nine and a half million dollars. Oh oh boy, you, Brian Kelly getting nine and a half million dollars. Jimbo Fisher getting over ten. I mean, Vance, they taking L, they getting paid for taking L's, Vance. I'm a whole lot. I'm I almost want to come back and start coaching. I know I've been a head coach making that kind of money, but man, are they paying the assistant coaches? Those are guys that. You know, my, I was in uh, Chicago, and we got fired after my fifty there. And I said, Coach, I'm sorry we let you down. Coach, you want to say, man, I'm not, don't worry about me. They got to pay me. I'm a head football coach. I'm worried about you guys because you got to go find another job to pay your mortgage. And he's right. People always talk about the head coaches. It's the assistant coaches that, that's going to struggle. They got to go find another job where a head coach get fired. Man, they can go to Bahamas, man. You got him a margarita and a pina colada and, and every kind of drink with umbrellas on it. You got nothing to worry about. I got to go find another job so I can pay for my mortgage. And you have kids to pay for your kids to go to school. So I don't worry about head football coach. As long as they paying the assistant coaches like they're getting paid, you okay with my book. If not, they're selfish. Right. All right. This is the last one. All right. The question's still coming through for you, Vance. You just got me off on a tangent. <laughs> you got me off on a, you got me off on a tangent, Vance. All right. It's that Travis said, Vance, are there any other coverages or, or schemes you think Michigan hasn't shown yet that they are saving? You know how it goes. They say, hey, on offense, they're saving stuff for Penn State, they're saving stuff for Ohio State. Did you save things as a coordinator for specific teams or for your rivalries? No, no I, I didn't do that. You, you can't afford to do that. So you got to make sure you get certain things on video at full speed, you know, a coverage, I'm going to go back to 97. The coverage we ran, we ran a combination coverage. We ran it on third down, anytime, third and 10, third and three. We ran in the red zone. Well, we can double anybody on the football field. And I've seen it in the red zone and third down this year. I think they need to see more of it because you have four guys that can pass rush when you go to your three down front and you walk, walk them 18 or 90 around because against – I don't know anything about Penn State, but Ohio State got a couple of guys. You need to find a way to double those guys. You're sitting back just playing zone, you can have some issues. Ohio State runs a bunch of deep overrides. In zone football, that is tough to stop. So getting ready for them or anybody who attacks quarters coverage, one of the first things I'm going to take away is trying to stop that route. And that has hurt us a couple of times this year. And I'll be concerned about that going to Ohio State and probably for Penn State, too. If I'm Penn State, I'm putting formation to the field and a deep overall back to the boundary, making sure they're in zone football. Either the safety has to take them or a curl flat drop to the boundary has to take them. And that's what I'm going to try right now if I'm playing against Michigan from Penn State. Gotcha. Someone says, Sam, I wait, hold on. That's the wrong one. Wrong one, wrong one. This one. Sam, are you from Flint? Hey, have you listened to me? You don't know I'm from Flint, Michigan, born and raised. 
I mean, where, where, what kind of question is that? Am I from Flint, Michigan? Absolutely. Till the day I die. That's what you're going to hear from me. Born and raised in Flint, Michigan. Uh, Hospital, Stuart Hood, Flint Whittier, Flint Central. Not Flint Whittier, but Whittier, Flint Central. Come on, man. Anyway. Vance, it's always real. It's always real. So you got you to gotta pick for this game, Michigan versus Penn State this weekend? I'm thinking right now, 28 28- 28-17, the Wolverines. It's going to be close for a while, but we're going to pull away at the end. So I'm, I'm just going to throw out a little suggestion there, Vance, because you, you hate to get to it under these circumstances, right? You hate to get uh, your speedy recovery to Mike, hope everything is okay. But your man Freddie J is back coaching, Vance. So if if Freddie J is back coaching, then can Vance Beffer come back to coaching for a little bit? Not at all. Uh, hey, not at all, not one bit. I am done. This is about as far close I'm gonna get to coaching what we're doing right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm on no parts of it. I done had my taste of it. When I walked away, I don't ever plan on walking back. Man, I can't imagine what what team meetings used to be like with you and Fred Fred Jackson in the same in the same room. That oh, we had a good tough. time. We had a good time. Hey, <laughs> we had a real good time. I mean, I, I gotta go back. It's as Fred's uh, suit myself, so we getting ready. We playing somebody, and this is like '97. And Chris Singletary's uh, mom and 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 Chris and, and uh, Chris Floyd, they moms all in town. So they had the Singletary's house. I mean, they got fried fish and shrimp. So I like, I'm going to get me. So it's Friday night, right? So I'm going to get me some fresh. <laughs> so Fred and Sue said we all roll together. We probably broke her for you, Chris. I said, we're getting us some of this fresh food. Chris Howard, mom, she from Louisiana, too. Well, we had good tonight. We got on back to the room to check uh, the guys before they went to bed. I said, I'm going to get me some fresh fish. You guys stay if you want to, but I'm out. <laughs> uh, oh, man. It's going to be, I think a lot of those guys are back in town this weekend, as a matter of fact. They are. They really are. They got a reunion this for the 1917. Yeah, man. So. Hey, man, hopefully they send those guys home happy, not just because they saw each other again, but also send them home because Michigan got that W. So you did you give me the score? Did you give me the score, Vance? 28-17. From your lips, Vance, from your lips, Michigan scores another victory over the Penn State Nittany Lions. Folks, I hope you enjoy these breakdowns. If you like them, be sure to like the video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. That's how we keep them going. That's how we keep the channel growing. If you're listening to this on the podcast, be sure to like it wherever you get it. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Of course, the way you can find everything we do from podcast to video to stories to intel to the message board, the VIP access to the MichiganInsider.com on the 24-7 Sports right now. The network right now, $1 gets you in for two months of special. That's only going on for a limited period of time, so take advantage, get you access not only to the Michigan 24-7 sports site, but all of the sites across the network. And then once you become a full-paying member, you'll also get access to Paramount+. Plus. Great bang for your buck. That is how you can keep us going and keep us growing. And again, folks, we're going to see you again next week on the next edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the defense with my man, Vance Bedford. We'll see you then. Go Blue! Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. 
For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.